Hello, welcome to River Road Presbyterian Church. This podcast is an audio-only version of Pastor Ray Roberts' weekly sermon. Whether you missed worshiping with us this week, dozed off during the sermon, or are just checking us out for the first time, we welcome you to our River Road family. For those of you who may be new, we would love to have you visit with us. We have two worship services each Sunday, a 9 a.m. informal service and an 11 a.m. traditional worship service that is also live-streamed. You can find that stream, recordings of past services, and learn more about our church and the many ways for you to connect with us at rrpcusa.org. We hope to see you soon. Will, will you join with me one more time? Christ is risen! Uh, I know it's Easter Sunday, but I'm going to preach a sermon on the Lord's Prayer, which I'm sure seems very strange. Why would Ray do this? This is Easter Sunday. I'll try to tie them together. We're going to look at the doxology at the end of the prayer. Uh, For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. That's That's the part of the prayer we'll be looking at. And to help us think about that, we're going to read the account of the resurrection of Jesus Christ as found in Matthew 28. Verses 1 through 10. After the Sabbath, as the first day of the week was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descending from heaven came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothing white as snow. For fear of him, the guards shook and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid. I know you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has been raised as he said. Come see the place where he lay, and then go quickly and tell his disciples. He's been raised from the dead, and indeed he's going ahead of you to Galilee, and there you shall see him. This is my message for you. So they left the tomb quickly with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. And suddenly Jesus met them and said, Greetings! And they came to him and took a hold of his feet and worshipped him. And then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. We may have some guests with us here today who have not hung out with Presbyterians much. And I want to welcome you. Uh, We're so glad you're here. And I also want to alert you that Presbyterians have a very strange way of praying the Lord's Prayer. Very strange. We say debts instead of trespasses. In fact, throughout my whole ministry, people have asked me, why do we Presbyterians act so weird and say debts instead of trespasses? Why, why, are, why, why are we doing that? Why are we so weird? Everybody else is saying trespasses. Why are we saying debts. Well, I will explain it to you. We are weird because in 1526, who says tradition doesn't count for anything? In 1526, William Tyndall translated the New Testament into English, and when he translated the Lord's Prayer, he used the word trespasses. And then in 1549, Thomas Cramner 
uh, created the Book of Common Prayer. And he used Tyndall's translation of the Lord's Prayer in, 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 the, in the Book of Common Prayer. And that very same year, the very same year, 1549, Parliament passed the Uniformity Act making the Book of Common Prayer the only legal form of worship in England. And you say, well, that's how they say trespasses. What about Presbyterians? Well, in 1549, the Presbyterians were hanging out in Scotland. And we were a rebellious, stiff-necked bunch. And we rejected all that English nonsense because we saw in our Geneva Bibles and later in the King James Bibles, the word was debts. And so we've been debtors ever since. <laughs> now, I, I, I just want to say, uh, if, if you've, it's easier to be a debtor among trespassers than to be a trespasser among debtors. I'm going to throw that out there. In fact, uh, that, that's a good enough reason to join this church if you're visiting with us today. Um, <laughs> Uh, the, the extra syllable in trespasses, that sibilant, that S, uh, betrays the trespassers whenever they're among the debtors. Whereas debtors, we, we get away with it, you know, we say debts because you know, we're on our automatic pilot and saying it, and nobody will notice us. But that extra syllable in trespasses gives people away. And I know, I've seen it, I've seen it. The congregation is praying the Lord's Prayer and some unsuspecting soul says, trespass. And that extra S is uttered and I watch members of our new member committee come to life. <laughs> and they go on high alert. And you can see them looking at each other and they're like, ah, there's a new member a prospective member visiting our congregation. We have a visitor. Left side, pew three. <laughs> Let's make sure they get a welcome folder because they're going to make a great Presbyterian. By the way, if you haven't filled out the welcome folder, <laughs> uh, you know, th th we have these. They're on the inside pew, and we would like to get to know you better. Um, right now, the members of the new member committee are like, why are you giving away our trade secrets? Now, if you spend any time with Roman Catholics, our dear friends, the Roman Catholics, you'll notice that when they say the Lord's Prayer, they don't say the final doxology, you know, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. They don't, they don't say that. I learned this in 1996. I remember the year because that was the same year that Richmond had a really big snowstorm. And I had gone to the Society of Christian Ethics in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And I had complained uh, to some of my friends there that the Society of Christian Ethics is kind of weird. You have the Society of Christian Ethics that meets, but we don't have any kind of worship service. Uh, and uh, I was complaining to a good friend of mine who used to be a Jesuit priest, and he was married to a Lutheran theologian named Marty, and, um, Marty Stortz. And he said, well, come with us. We're going to uh, Mass at the cathedral. And uh, I said, oh, that'd be great. So I, I went to the cathedral, and, and I sat down, and it was a Spanish Mass. 
It was a Spanish mass. It, everything was in Spanish, just about. There were, there were a few th English things in the service, but most of the service was in Spanish. The sermon was all in Spanish, and there were two lines of the sermon that were in English. I didn't understand any of the other, but I did understand the two lines, and I've never forgotten them. The first line was, many people did not recognize Jesus when he came. Then Spanish, 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 Spanish. Will you recognize Jesus when you see him? I've never forgotten that sermon since 1996. And you would think I would have learned something from it. You only need two lines to make the sermon work. <laughs> but anyway, uh, I was there and it came time for the Lord's Prayer and they said the Spanish version. And I sat it out and then they said the English version. And I thought, I'm in, I'm good. Because I know that the, that the Book of Common Prayer was so influential in shaping the English people that the Roman Catholics adopted trespasses in their liturgy. So I was ready. I was ready. So I was even. You know, I didn't have to be a debtor among trespasses. I was gonna. I was gonna say trespasses. And so uh, we got, we were in the Lord's Prayer, and I'm I'm using my big voice because. There's only a few English-speaking people in the congregation, but there were some of us around, and uh, we, we, you know, saying loud and strong, you know, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power. And I realized I was the only person speaking in the whole cathedral. And, uh, and then I saw it their new member committee. <laughs> they woke up, they went on high alert, they're looking at each other and they say, pew three on the left side. We have a visitor and he's a Protestant and he'll make a great Catholic. Let's make sure he signs the friendship register. The doxology at the end of the Lord's Prayer affirms God's kingdom, power, and glory. Thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Christians pray this prayer. Sometimes even Catholics pray this prayer. We pray it because it's true. God is great. But we also pray this prayer because so much that we see in the world seems to contradict it. We see other kingdoms at work grinding up people the way the cross ground up Jesus. We see other powers in the world and we think sometimes might makes right, doesn't it? And we see the glory of the world fading fast like the flower. Thine is the kingdom, power, and the glory. You know, sometimes when we pray that prayer it can seem a little bit like whistling past the graveyard. Is that an idiom you know? whistling past the graveyard trying to stay cheerful in the face of a dire situation keeping on with it even though that may seem futile the truth is if we never experienced any contradiction to God's kingdom power and glory we might never think to pray this prayer Maybe we need to pray this prayer especially today because we live in great prosperous times, good times in many ways, but also scary times with wars, 
and rumors of wars and climate change and the global decline of democracy and the rise of authoritarian governments. And in this country, we've seen an increase in polarization and even the rise of political violence. Sometimes, sometimes we can get discouraged, especially if what we're dealing with is stuff in our own lives that's difficult. Some of us are dealing with some stuff that's pretty discouraging. Sickness, job, divorce, things we're not going to fix. Think how things looked when Jesus died on the cross. Thine is the kingdom. Jesus came preaching. The kingdom of God is near. It's the joyful news. The kingdom of God is near. God rules the world. And then you see the cross where the proclaimer is stretched out and tortured. The sign above Jesus on the cross was supposed to list the charge. And the charge was treason, sedition. But the sign said, King. King. Didn't say treason. Said King. So that no one would miss the irony. Because Jesus didn't look a thing like a king. Not a thing like a king. Oh, he had a crown of thorns. Maybe he was the king of pain. Thine is the kingdom. Thine is the power. The cross, of course, is a symbol of power. Roman power. Like, we can do this to you. We run the show here. You cross us. This is what we're going to do. The cross is an expression of power. Literally adding insult to injury, Jesus is surrounded by the sort of brutal people who go to crucifixions, you know, the coarse people who enjoy watching people suffer and die. There are people like that. And they watched him writhe in pain and they laughed. <laughs> Save yourself! Of course, his arms are nailed to the cross. He can barely lift a finger. I think the word is impotent. Thine is the power. Thine is the glory. When Jesus hung there, there was no glory. It was humiliation, and suffering, and defeat. You can hear the defeat in Jesus cry, My God, why have you forsaken me? Now on the cross, there was no glory. There was only gory. You know, if the cross is the last word, the doxology at the end of the Lord's Prayer is nonsense. There is no divine kingdom bringing healing to the world. Might makes right. Even if it isn't right, there's no higher authority to appeal to. 
And the only glory is the fading glory of an eminence front, because that's what the cross is. It's an eminence front. And if the cross is the last word, we have every reason to despair. For there are many crosses in this world. If the cross of Christ is the last word, then those crosses also are the last word. You know, I'm reminded of Shakespeare's Macbeth. Perhaps the most famous lines in all of Shakespeare come from Macbeth. Armies are marching against him, and he just learns that Lady Lady Macbeth has died. And Macbeth despairs. And he says, All our yesterdays have lighted fools the way to dusty death. Out, out, brief candle. Life is but a walking shadow, a poor player that struts and frets his hour upon the stage and then is heard no more. It is a tale told by an idiot, full of sound and fury, but signifying nothing. the cross is the last word, if the Romans have the last word, if Jesus is dead, it signifies nothing. But we are here today because we are Easter people. We are here today to bear witness to the fact that God raised Jesus from the dead and that there is meaning and purpose and beauty and goodness and truth and justice in life. God raised Jesus from the grave, overturning the injustice of his sentence, vindicating Jesus' way of life, love, crushing the power of evil, and breaking the power of death. And so when we see great evil, because we're going to see it, the victory's been won, but the battle is not over. When we see great evil in Ukraine or in the destruction of God's beautiful creation or when ignorant people brutalize people who don't fit their mold or when God's children languishes in ignorance and poverty never to realize their God-given potential, we do not despair. Yes, we are up against a lot, but Jesus is victorious. The decisive battle has been won. God's kingdom has prevailed over the kingdoms of this world. God's power has defeated the power of death. And God's glory is forever. Because when Christ returns, until Christ returns, we're going to face setbacks and defeat. And when evil seems to be winning, we will pray this prayer. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory. And we will remember that justice is possible. And when sin has tangled things up so much that we don't know how we're ever going to make it right, we pray this prayer. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory. And we remember that there is forgiveness and the possibility of reconciliation. And when death has taken it all and when the glory of this life fades, we pray this prayer. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. And we know that there is eternal life and that nothing in life or in death 
can separate us from the love of Christ. If you are despairing today, pray this prayer with us. It is an Easter prayer that sings of the victory of God over the grave. Thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. And as you pray that prayer, God will give you strength to carry on. Amen.